to A Pastor and His People, a podcast of the Park Baptist Church. We get to know uh, more about one another and how we can live our lives uh, in um, discipleship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Pastor Dave Keen, and today I'm with uh, Miss Carrie Green. Carrie, hey. hello. How's it going? Well, Carrie, uh, as we start, just why don't you introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from and um, about your family. Um, so my name is Carrie Green, and uh, I am originally from Bay City, Michigan. Midwest love. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad I'm not there right now. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got pictures, and I'm like, thank uh, God. So <laughs> anyways, um, I moved here in middle school. Um, my parents divorced really early when I was around two, um, and that led me here. I am married happily almost 10 years this May. 10 years, wow. Yeah. Um, two awesome kids, Harlan and Sam. Um, Harlan's nine, Sam's seven um yeah and that's i guess the in a nutshell yeah well tell me uh, how, how did you become a christian how did the lord call you to himself okay so super long story but i'll try to condense it um so when my parents divorced my mother moved to south carolina when i was two um during that time there was um a lot of abuse from my father um he was an alcoholic uh, there was also a lot of situations that we were put in um, that were a little risky that ended up impacting me pretty uh, profoundly. So um, when I was 12, I got the opportunity to move uh, and live with my mom, and I did that. And um, I tried kind of just to block out everything from Michigan and just start fresh. I was like, at 12, I'm going to yeah. reinvent myself. <laughs> so um, I... I got, I was still involved in the church because we were Catholic. So my mom still went to Catholic church and I would go with her, um, pretty regularly. But, um, I had had this really bad view of the Lord because growing up Catholic, one of the things that I learned was if, um, you know, if you're struggling or if something bad is happening to you, then you are doing something bad. Mm-hmm. And if you are good things are happening, then you're doing something good. So it really built Uh, this self-righteousness, but it also um, just made me, uh, I guess, think that, well, why are these bad things happening to me? I'm a child. Like, what did I do? So I didn't really have a um, great view of the Lord. And I met Andy right after high school when we were 18. Um, And a lot of these things that had happened to me, I had, like I said, just tried really hard to forget about. But your brain just doesn't forget. So um, fast forward, Sam is a couple months old, so it's eight years ago. And um, a lot of those memories came back, and I didn't know what to do. And I had not shared them with Andy, and I was terrified. Um, And one of the things that we both wanted to do when we got married was raise our kids in church because we both were raised in church, even though... I don't think either one of us were Christians. I know I wasn't. Um, So it got to a point where I was thinking really drastic things. I was going to take really drastic measures um, to separate myself from Andy and from, you know, my family because I just felt so ashamed. ashamed. Um, But I got to that point. I finally looked at Andy and said, you know, I've got to I've got to tell you something like this is killing me. Um, And his response was, have you prayed about it? Um, Which was really weird, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because we weren't attending a church then. 
We had gone a couple of times when Harlan was, you know, small. Um, and I just said, no, you know, why would, why would I do that? Um, and I had Sam in my hands and he said, give me the baby, go into the bedroom, shut the door and pray. Sounds so like, so much like Andy. <laughs> yeah. And he said, just get it out, put it out there, you know, tell him everything, tell him what you feel. So, um, I didn't know that I was, you know, being saved then. And when I look back and I remember what I said, it's clear, it's obvious that that's what was happening. But at that point, I was just giving up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then a couple of weeks later, I, I, the Lord was on my mind so much, it was <clears throat> odd to me. Um, and I, had, I, I wanted to be in church, I wanted to be with people. I really wanted to talk to people who I knew were Christians who had tried to evangelize me. Um, and I had mentioned to a friend, I was like, I think I got saved. And she was like, clearly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's how that happened. Amen. Well, yeah. uh, one of the things I, I've always really appreciated about you is just you're really authentic and genuine, right? You're not afraid to share uh, both what the great things that the Lord's doing in your life, but also here's the ways I'm struggling. So it's been really encouraging uh, just to hear your story. Um, what? Uh, how did God kind of bring you to Park Baptist Church? Okay, so after I became saved... Um, I wanted to find a church. I had just been watching YouTube videos of Mark Driscoll on his Marshall church. Um, just sermon after sermon after sermon. Like I just couldn't stop. Um, and one of the things that he said was, you need to be in the church. You need to be part of a body. So I was like, I need to go find a body. Um, and I didn't know where to look. I didn't know, you know, anything, but there was a really hot popular church at the time, um, that a friend of mine was going to, and she was like, you should come here. Um, so we went and it was great. Um, you know, but the whole time we were there, we were there a little over a year. Um, I would say because I'm still watching those videos and still learning things that I started getting little red flags, I guess, but I still wasn't strong enough. I felt in my faith to like notice that it was the spirit prompting me. So, um, I ended up actually getting into like a leadership position and, was able to share my testimony and my testimony was changed. So it was like, the Lord was like, hold on a minute. Like, you know, let me show you what's going on. So, um, we left and we were churchless for about three or four months, but the whole time that we had been at the other church, a member that here had been asking us to come, you need to come, you need to come. You love this guy. You love this church, everything. So, um, when we left and we, we went for about four months, you know, we felt we needed to find something and we just took him up on it and came to park. I came once, loved the sermon. I was just so excited that it was just the Bible um, and hated everything else. <laughs> but that's just because I had come oh, from yeah. this other cool yeah. hip one. We uh, are definitely not cool cool hip. Apparently not. It's not yeah. <laughs> but Andy uh, came the next Sunday and he said, this is it. This is no, where we need go. to be. So we stayed. Well, uh, you have had, developed a lot of different <laughs> relationships with life in the church, right? You know, mm-hmm. small groups, one-on-one. How has just the, the church been helped you grow as a, as a believer? Um, it really taught me the dependence on the Lord. Um, you know, for a long time, maybe because of so much self-righteousness in my background, I thought that I could handle a lot of things on my own. Um, and I would fail regularly. I'd either be struggling with sin or I would be living in it. Um, so 
I uh, actually, when I had my spleen um, taken out, that was Ellen, your wife, said, you know, I'll take you. And at first I was like, no, like, I'll, it'll be fine. It'll be great. Um, and then after the sermon, I thought, you know, I should. So after that, and her, you see me really vulnerable. <laughs> um, I just thought there, you know, there was no harm in that. There was nothing to fear. Um, and just really started to look not to be served in like that sense, but you know, how can I help the church? How can the church help me? Yeah. So. Well, one of the ways that uh, the Lord has, has helped uh, is used you to help our church is really helping us grow in an evangelistic zeal. So every Wednesday night, we kind of ask the church to share testimonies of evangelism. And you usually have something you're sharing, yeah. right? If someone that you're trying to reach out to, their family member or a neighbor. Um, so it's been really encouraging to kind of watch your influence and your love for the Lord and your love for the lost kind of um, spread throughout our church. How have you intentionally tried to uh, bring that zeal, that evangelistic zeal, into your life? In what ways do you kind of look for opportunities to share your faith? Um. Well, I mean, first I pray. I ask the Lord to give me opportunities or just, you know, that that I would be aware of the opportunities. Yeah, before, before you go there, right, just so people who are listening, you know, what is your vocation? Oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom. All right, so you're a stay-at-home mom. So yeah. some stay-at-home moms are thinking, okay, how in the world can I share my faith? So just kind of as a, as a background so you're listening understand her, her life situation. Right. Okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, and also I, I had to look for things to do and ways to serve um, because – even though I'm a stay-at-home mom, being at home is not the greatest for me, for my walk. Um, so I was intentional about finding ways um, to serve. And in those ways, I, I don't know, I just I see people as lost or not lost and how detrimental that will be on that day. Um, and how my heart just breaks for them when I see them. So it's like, how could you not? Yeah. Um, so... Like, I was at the free clinic um, a couple weeks back, and a gentleman called to ask to reschedule an appointment, and he said that um, his great-uncle had passed away. He sounded really upset, and it hurt me. I felt bad for him, um, you know, and, and just felt for him. So I told him, you know, absolutely, don't worry about it. It's not going to count against you. Um, and I said, and, you know, I'm really thankful that the Lord gave you all those memories and all those times that you got to have with him. Um, and then he said, yeah, I got a lot. And I said, okay, well, get you as rescheduled. Yeah, we'll talk yeah, to you next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I just, when you, when you see the world through the Bible, you see people that way yeah. and it just, that's just what happens. Yeah, I think, you know, Paul says this, is when we become new creations in Christ, that we, we never look at anyone um, with eyes of the flesh, right? We yeah. look with spiritual eyes, right? And God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And uh, just to want to commend you and thank you for you know, that, that zeal, you know, because it's not just with um, those people that you randomly meet, which you do, you know, you're just very personal, so you can talk to a tree. <laughs> yeah, I uh, could. <laughs> uh, but also just a deep burden for your family, yeah. you know, and uh, and just a deep burden for to get people plugged into a healthy body where they can grow in the Lord. Um, uh, so one of the challenges that, you know, the Lord has given you, he's given you several different challenges, and of course every one of those challenges has uniquely shaped you to be uh, the woman uh, of God that you are. Um, God has kind of given you uh, two wonderful sons, right? Um uh, one, Harland, you know, struggles, he's on the, uh, the, the autism spectrum. How is life uh, raising a child with autism? So I essentially am Harland's right arm. 
Um, he is, his brain is like a hurricane, um, with all of these things happening at once with, um, a TV show that he might be thinking about, something that happened at school, me trying to give him a direction, um, or something that he, maybe a smell in the kitchen can throw, totally throw him off. So he's got all this going on and that is hard for anybody to function that way. So, um, I serve sometimes as like his memory, um, you know, where things are, um, making sure that things are organized to where he knows he can just open a drawer and he's, he doesn't have to think about it because so many other things are affecting him. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's just constant. It feels like constant service to him, just, you know, getting him drinks and this, and then also taking the time to say, okay, now you try. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in learning how to cope in uncomfortable situations, because almost everything is uncomfortable for him. Um, so yeah, I feel, I feel like I'm a jack of all trades and master yeah. of none kind of thing. Well, I mean, with Harlan, it's interesting because, um, he has a kind of a, a crazy personality, but he's incredibly intelligent and yeah. very kind hearted. Yeah. And when you, when you, if you just kind of looked at some of, his mannerisms, you wouldn't get that. You right. kind of, the more and more you get to know them, you kind of see these traits that are very, very clear, tenderhearted and, and extremely intelligent. What would you tell, um, you know, maybe someone listening to this in terms of how we can better understand um, both an autistic child and then maybe the life, uh, how we can support parents who are raising uh, a child with autism? Okay. Well, um, I think for him personally, it would be um, maybe grace, more grace, but it would be in the sense of, um, you know, if his environment is throwing him off or if there's a smell or if something that he's touched or something that's happened the night before, um, all of those things will affect whether or not you'll get to sit down and even talk to him. Um, so it's almost like being aware of, um, where he is, how many people are around him and things like that. And whether you're going to be able to, to speak to him, to ask him certain things. The other thing is, is really body, like reading his body language. Um, because communicating is where, you know, he's lacking. Um, there are things that we found out weeks later from, from him because he just wasn't able to figure out how to form the, you know, conversation. So, um, or even how to start it. And that's usually, that's his biggest weakness. So, yeah. Well, and how can how can we as a church best better care for you? And obviously, we you know not just hopefully somebody else will be listening to this one day and say, okay, how can we just care for those? Maybe right. specifically in our church, how can we better care for you and Andy? We're burnt out, <laughs> um, and we get burnt out pretty regularly. Uh, but that's also because you know I, I would say babysit more. <laughs> Ask yeah. them if yeah. you can help watch the kids. But then there's also a level of not being able to do that because we don't know if he'll be comfortable with them or they'll be comfortable. So it's really get to know him, get to know us, our little quirks. And then if you want to volunteer your time to let Andy and I just take a step back and recharge and maybe look at each other for 10 minutes, um, that would be really helpful. Um, and, and I guess, Special needs parents probably struggle the most with trying to want to do it all yeah. and thinking I'm the only one who can because I'm mom. 
Um, and I know that the Lord has gifted many people and especially the church with the ability to serve us. And they, it's not just my job. You yeah. know, I know it is number one, their <clears throat> priority, but I also can trust that other people within this church can come up alongside me and supplement. Yeah. One well, I think it's a wonderful, uh, just a picture of the body, right? Where we all need each other. And I think yeah. that you are a lot more aware of sometimes of your need of the body. And I think as a church, we have been, our eyes have been opened right to the need. You know, yeah. I know there's a special, uh, in the special needs community, a lot of folks feel, um, I can't go to church. I feel, I'll feel alienated. I won't be welcomed. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to stare at me when yeah. my, when my child is going to have an episode and we know he's going to have an episode because that's just his, 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 what he's struggling with. All right. You know, so we're trying actively to try to make those strides, you know, and yeah. just fumbling along the way, right, you know, right. with a heart. But we all need the body, right? And I think that those of anyone who's listening who has a special needs child, I would just say this, is that uh, when a special needs child is in, in, the, in the church community, just so you hear this, it actually blesses the church body, you know, and it does cause us to um, grow and to learn and to um show our own sin and selfishness in our own heart. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a beautiful thing, yeah. right? It's because it just, it, it refines us, it purifies us. And uh, so, you know, never feel like you're going to, you're a burden. A lot of people feel like they're a burden if they add an extra weight to the church. Right. Um, but you're never a burden. That's by God's design because, you know, the Lord is the one who assigns good gifts to his church. Right. So, um, well, anything else that you uh, want to specifically uh, share that for people to get to know you or um, what the Lord's doing in your life? Oh man, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm in a season now of, um, there's a lot going on, but there's a lot of good things. We're dealing, Andy and I personally are dealing with a lot of hurt people. Um, a lot of friends dealing with just certain issues and calling us. So, um, when it seems like it, you know, I've known you for, you know, Several years now, almost about five years, I think. Yeah, that's been pretty much. Yeah, the standard it feels like God is just your niche in the community is if you're hurt and you're broken and you're struggling. Yeah. Find the greens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and I mean, I think that's our. It's been our life, and it is our life. You know, there's a lot of things about having special needs children that you your heart just breaks because yep. it's your child, and you see him struggle. Um, and then my the way that I grew up, it was just just terrible but I was the Lord was able to show me what he was doing where he was how he was trying to bring me to him and since he's done that in those circumstances it's like there's so much hope and when you suffer there's so much hope because you know he's faithful so um yeah that's that's our life um Amen. Yeah. Let me pray for you. Okay. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for Andy and Carrie. Uh, I thank you for uh, saving them, God, for showing them your grace, allowing them to trust you uh, even in the most difficult times. Father, I thank you for their for their zeal for you, uh, their zeal for the lost. God, we pray that their heart uh, for the for the lost and the broken, uh, God, would be uh, continue to reverberate in the life of our church. God, that we would be a people that would uh, love the lost and love those who are brokenhearted. For we know, God, that you are close to the brokenhearted, and um, dear, that those who are contrite in spirit are close to you. 
So, Father, I pray you bless uh, Carrie uh, and Andy in their uh, ministry and life of this church and their ministry as, as parents, God. We pray that you would give them strength, Lord, and endurance. We also just pray for um, the body of Christ at Park, that you would uh, raise us up uh, to better care for them so they can continue their calling um, to glorify you in, in raising these two beautiful children. Uh, so, Father, we love you. We thank you so much for this time. Uh, we ask you to bless us this day.